wicked, wicked fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags and the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, amazing animal attractions, and this. Coke is summer refreshment, so you can hop on another ride, like the all-new Sidewinder Safari. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit SixFlags.com slash Coke to save up to $20 off passes or daily tickets starting at $39.99. And welcome to another episode of Shortcomings, where we are shooting the shit about every single episode of Sex and the City. I am Samantha Bush, and I am joined by my other host, Chris Lewis. Hi, Chris. Hi, Sam. How are you? You know, I'm good. We have a little different vibe tonight, because we normally record in the mornings. We usually record at 10 a.m. bright in the goddamn morning, and tonight you're getting us 8.17. It's a boozy vibe i'm having a glass of um rosé sparkling rosé sam is having what is it a truly a truly which is yes um, of which i had to explain to chris what that was i've heard of the type of booze it is just not that version or uh, that's insane it's like the most popular one not genre uh type type of yeah brand brand okay all right, guys, and if that was, if you saw some uh, brain delay there, that's what you're getting this episode, because I've seen this episode of Sex and the City six times today, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure I remember one thing. It was an episode where I feel like there was a lot that happened, but also nothing happened. And yet I do remember loving it. Everybody has a story. Everybody is like they they have the traditional like four girls together. I did notice that Carrie's apartment is more reminiscent of like the apartment we see like moving forward. We're getting there. It's changing episode. By it episode. is like we have the computer in the window. Like we have the bed with the the bookshelves behind it. Like we're getting that. But and we do have. I mean, the structure of the show is getting to where it ultimately will be. Right. Like there's one. Mm-hmm theme and all the women are variations on it which happened last episode um and is continuing it just is and again i think i like this episode and as we talk about it i'll Mm -hmm. hopefully remember um i liked it too it didn't stick there was something about it that just didn't (laughs) land i was so happy when we were chatting right before and you were like agree i was like i don't know what happened like i watched it a million times and you know what it was is a part of it felt like so familiar to other episodes. Like I remember when it first started, I was like, "Oh, this is what happens in this episode." But I'm like, "Oh, wait, that doesn't happen until like season 2." So mm. I was a little turned around for a minute. I was like, "What so is going we'll on?" So hopefully we'll have some nice, you know, call Yeah, and you sound some very call- sultry. I do? Yeah, very nighttime. Ooh. I'm sure the listeners are like, "He sounds exactly the same, just as annoying." <laughs> Hey, you don't have people that comment on your voice. I do. Luckily, no one comments on anything <laughs> I do, thankfully, because um, y- you have the far more popular social media page. So anything goes to you, and I like that. Blessed. Well, as we mentioned uh, when we were chatting beforehand, there was just uh, not not too much going on in the Sex and the City cinematic universe. No, I saw that um, uh, Carrie was back in the dress on the steps with Miranda. 
Yes. Uh, but oh, that, like, they nothing... did actually. I love that we're saying this and we're both now coming with things. <laughs> it's really what happens to us every time. Like, we'll we'll be texting each other and we'll be like, oh, I really hated this episode. I have nothing to say. And then it's the longest time we And then record. it's like we talked about this for 98 minutes. Um, <laughs> no, well, did you see the picture of the three original women with <gasps> Nicole Ari Parker kind of hugging? Oh and God, almost okay, so in all of their happen. social media presence was... Like, very welcoming. Like, Nicole Ari Parker's here. Mm-hmm. Is like she our new is, Samantha? Yeah. I don't, like, this is the new girl. So, I think, well, yes. And let me rephrase that because we shouldn't be using language of, like, is she our new Samantha? Samantha's a queen. She can never be replaced. No. But we have a new woman amongst us. Fifth girl. And I think, you know, Sam, you and I, as uh, Bravo aficionados, we know you can pull a woman out and add another one. Oh, we do. We do. So. We've got a new, maybe Nicole Ari Parker is our new lady. And frankly, mm-hmm. I love Nicole Ari Parker. She's stunning. She's like really beautiful. Like I was on her Instagram last night, just like deep in the gram. Just like looking at all of her photos, just like, wow, I could never. Frankly, not very fair to introduce a black woman to this group at this particular point. Because um, age-wise, she looks about 40 years younger than all of them. She um, and- looks younger than me. Yeah, you know, she's definitely younger than me. I'm 32, and she looks 12 compared to Mm -hmm. me. She's haggard. It's awful looking at myself right now, and this lighting is tough. Yeah, the lighting over here is rough skis. But um, so I'm so glad that actually we did find something to talk about from the Sex and the City cinematic universe. Well, let's get into it with the uh, episode synopsis. Uh, Carrie struggles to define her relationship with Mr. Big. Charlotte, can I interrupt? Sure. I feel like that's a synopsis for every episode now, from now going forward. (laughs) That is very true. Did you watch Mad Men? I watched like the beginning seasons and then I trailed off. So Mad Men had like the most um, ridiculous trailers where it would just be like Dawn, Cup, Sad, Angry, Peggy. And then at a certain point, the synopsises became so crazy that one of them for one finale, because they were so afraid of spoilers, was just, Dawn has a problem. Oh. And I think you're right. Carrie struggles to define her relationship with Mr. Big. That is a synopsis of the entirety of the show. Yeah, that's literally just sex and city. <laughs> but uh, Charlotte meets the perfect guy, but isn't willing to put in the work. Miranda has trouble adjusting to see a, seeing Skipper in a new light. And Samantha tests the boundaries between real estate and sex. Which is like very New York. Yes. Like, I felt the whole Samantha plotline was, like, a very tongue-in-cheek, like, take on, like, New York and how real estate works and, like, the relationship you have with a realtor to try to find your apartment. Like, I obviously don't live in New York City, but I can imagine that shit's hard. I've seen Million Dollar Listing. So. Shout out to Steve Gold. You know who I love? This is off topic. Frederick Eklund. I'm sorry. I love that Let's man. Let's move on. I'm sorry. I find his children to be the most beautiful children Okay. All right. We don't talk bad about children, so let's move on. But um, as I mentioned earlier, what I really love is this is continuing the theme of having one overarching idea and all the women are the same. And also, I feel like this is the first episode where each of them actually do have a storyline. Yes, this is the first one. Um, no we've one been is noticing just a it. plot, right? No one's a plot device to anyone else, which is yeah. kind of great. They all have something going on, and yet it still is like... They're starting to intertwine them, like, with the Miranda and Skipper. Like, Miranda's at lunch with Carrie or at dinner. 
the and formula then, is clicking. Yeah, it's it's starting to come together. Thank so let's the uh, Lord. start with the monologue and then maybe get into the gals. Oh, get into the gals. Okay. Is it that men have an innate aversion to monogamy? Or is it more than that? I wondered. In a city like New York, with its infinite possibilities, has monogamy become too much to expect? So let's... I thought we might start, Sam, with kind of the most superfluous story and then move into the more serious topics as we go. So do you agree? Yeah. I love that we really, like, I create an outline for this, but then we don't really talk about it. And so now I'm, like, testing Sam in the middle of this. Like, yeah. do you want to talk about this? Yeah, let's talk about it. So let's start with Sam. We open and she is looking for a new apartment, which mm-hmm. in New York City, even if you're renting, you know you need a realtor. Did you know who her realtor was? What do you mean? Like, the actress. No. Educate me. You're a Mrs. Maisel fan. But this was... In 1998, people look different. It's it's Joel's mom. Chris, I don't... My memory doesn't work. I'm just saying, I love Joel's mom. You know Joel's mom from... I love Joel. But Joel's mom from Mrs. Maisel. Yeah, She's like okay. a, her matriarch. I just... The minute I heard her voice, I was like, well, that's... That's Joel's mom from Mrs. Maisel. Wow. I had no idea. I love her. So they are looking at apartments and she is, they established the theme of monogamy right there. We quickly... Uh, cut to Sam cheating on her monogamist with Rick. What did you think of Rick? Hot. Did you like his fake British accent or whatever that was? I I wasn't really paying attention to that. Really? Yeah, I was really into it. When he was holding her boobs, I was like... <laughs> I did think that was a nice visual joke when he kind of lets them go to defend something and then he knows he puts them back. Was it the first time we've seen boobs... I think it was the first time seeing her boobs, and frankly, I saw them and instantly was like, oh, they're old friends. (laughs) Did you not feel that way? I saw them and instantly was like, yeah, that's... Those are Samantha's breasts. Get used to them. We're going to be seeing them a lot. Yeah, it's like the the fifth and sixth friend of Sex (laughs) in the City. Like, we see her breasts, her and Miranda's, we see more than anybody. Yeah, it's like, you know, we've got Carrie, we've got Charlotte, we've got Miranda, we've got Samantha, we've got New York City, we've got Samantha's boobs. Yeah, it's like, it's on Real Housewives of Potomac when she's like, happiness. Like, that's how I feel about, or Tiff and Fifi, if you're Karen Huger. Yeah, I just, I feel like that was a really fun way to talk about monogamy, was like, monogamy isn't just in like, sexual relationships, that's like, are you monogamous in other relationships? Do you have to be monogamous with your realtor? Like, and she was like, please don't work with another realtor. And then Samantha's twists it on her and was like, I can't believe you weren't going to show me this apartment. And also, why is that woman showing this couple this apartment at like midnight? Like, well, I get so why the Rick. guy, no, but I get why Rick brought her there. Because it's like sexy yeah, and they're going to fuck. But I don't understand why the other realtor, like, brought this couple there like were they gonna have a threesome who knows no i mean no paula but... glock is a queen she's she's professional she's a professional. but she's not she while she requires uh monogamy she's not willing to give it much like our much like samantha mm-hmm. they were playing the same game just samantha did it with like less clothes oh my god i can't believe that you are working with another broker i can't believe you weren't going to show me this apartment so, and guys, and that's all Samantha. Samantha and Rick ended up like completing that act. 
Absolutely. They went right back at it. Okay, well, I was just wondering. So, I mean, I loved that story, but it was a little slight. What do you mean? Describe. Like, there just wasn't much there. No. For some reason later, I distinctly remember that all the women will get, like, distinct storylines in each episode. And maybe I'm just remembering incorrectly, although I don't think I am. No, you're right. And this felt like the lesser of the four storylines in this episode. Like, it was nice that she had her own distinct thing to do, which I don't think all four women have gotten in up to this episode yet Mm -hmm. however it just felt like there wasn't much there it wasn't funny enough or dramatic enough to really warrant it Mm -hmm. um and it'll be interesting to see if later on they all become so distinct that we remember them and they become iconic in each episode um which i think they do i really do remember feeling like the show really balances out all four well but it's nice now that at least we're getting something for each of them to do yeah and I thought the visual gag with him dropping his hands off of her breast and then thinking to put them back was really funny. Yeah, I did too. I I enjoyed that. Rick, he's a comedy king. All right. Well, I'd like to give the breasts the uh, <laughs> the point for that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Should we chat about Miranda and oh, um, the return of your favorite character? <laughs> fucking Skippy. Skipper. So Miranda and Carrie run into Skipper out with his new girlfriend, Allison, who works at Vogue. Who's beautiful. And I really am jealous of women that can pull off that haircut. Ooh, I'll have to go back and look at it. Describe it's like it. A, it's, it's like a subtle side part. And then it's like sleek, straight hair, but not like flat. And it's like a bob, but it's like a chic bob. It's not like a mom bob or like, it's like really, it's like really cute. And I'm I just got like, absolutely nothing from that description, but I will Google image her later. All right. Well, I was doing the hand motions. I don't know if you saw. I did. You saw a lot of this. I got to Anna Wintour, but fun. No, it's, yeah, it was like, it It wasn't, it's not as short as Anna's. It's like shoulders lengths a little but bit. I thought, but you're right. I thought she was adorable and very friendly. And she works for Vogue. Yes, which I was surprised Carrie wasn't more excited about, that someone at Vogue was, re- that she says, oh, we was love reading your article her column. And but Carrie doesn't really react to I that, and obviously shocked. that'll come back later, and we'll have a little moment there. And again, I do wish that because we set this up, why can't Allison be there in season five when Carrie like no spo- spoiler alert? Mm-hmm. Carrie has a job at Vogue. Yeah, why can't we see Allison? I just thought that'd be a nice callback. Although maybe Allison's moved on to Marie Claire. I don't know. Yeah, she might. She might have worked. She started maybe working at L. But seeing them really sparks some jealousy in Miranda. And did you agree? Did did you see Skipper in a new light? Did you think his body looked better? No, but I've been Miranda. Okay, but not for Skipper. But not never for Skipper. You were just as grossed out by him? Sick. And I was more disgusted by him because it's like, he's with this really beautiful star All right, we'll get to that in a second. Aren't we on that right now? Because we're talking about Miranda. I know, but I did just want to say that this does establish a kind of idea that Miranda can only recognize what she wants. Uh-huh. Once someone else has it. Yeah. Um, which will become very critical in season six. Very. She calls Skipper while he's in bed with Allison. Okay, Chris. And he instantly breaks up with her. Chris. Which is kind of sweet. Chris. This man has the fucking audacity of being inside this beautiful, smart Vogue worker 
Well, now that you say that, Allison does have an iconic send-off line. Obviously. You're breaking up with me while you're still inside of me? Which is very similar to a line that Samantha will have in the second movie. Or the first movie. Where Allison says, she's like, you're breaking up with me while you're still inside me? And it's like, that level of desperation is so unattractive in a man. Also... Why are you answering the phone while you're, like, fucking some girl? That is sick. We're originally meant to believe that because he has a, like, I mean, look, Sam, you and I will never understand this. Voicemails now just, like, barely exist. Okay. But to also, like, they could hear Miranda leaving that voicemail, so answering the phone was a way to end that. Chris. I think, I don't know, I've never had one of those, like, a voicemail box But it's like when Miranda and him end up then sleeping together, and she's like, well, you can still see that other woman. Like, we are not together. Like, we are not together. But he has a real moment of clarity there, didn't, I thought he was, um... Chris, I'm blinded by my hatred. I don't give a fuck what he does or says. I he stood up in his own truth. Skipper, I'm not ready for a full-blown relationship thing. What? I mean, we can see each other and still see other people, right? No. No, we can't. At least I can't. Why did you call me back anyway? I'm, I'm sorry, I thought... I, I'm not your private stud horse, you know? Miss Dial-a-Fuck. Come here. You know... Come back. I, I'm tired of being jerked around. I hope you find what you're looking for. She was appalled. Because she's like, how dare you treat another woman this way? Like, why are you... That is not what she was thinking. That's what I was thinking. I was so upset about it. She was thinking, oh my god, wait, I don't want to deal with you permanently. Never. You're crazy if you think Miranda was thinking about Allison. She could give two fucks. I don't know. Like, a part of me felt like Miranda then was now thinking, like, I don't know. Like, how desperate. Like, how pathetic. Like, you were answered the phone. Oh, she definitely thought he was pathetic. But then she does try to get him back to bed. And he says, like, I'm out of here. Like, Good and, and I was really, I was actually very proud of Skipper in that moment to say, like, I am not going to put up with this. Are you trying to say Skipper knew his worth? Yes. Oh, wow. He stood in his truth. He leaned in, much like you're leaning too much into the mic. Oh, it's, I'm really leaning back. <laughs> And he recognized, I don't have to deal with this redheaded demon. I'm out of here. Right. And I think, you know, good for him. He's now out of our lives. Um, really happy about that. Um, I don't think he is, actually. I think he comes back one more time in season two. I know. But, but I now. do want to just say, like, what do we think the purpose of Skipper has been so far? What has he taught us about Miranda? What, did, what was the writer's intention in this story? Because... It feels very muddy and strange and antithetical to where Miranda ultimately ends up. I couldn't, when I was really thinking about this, if this is Skipper's exit, because for a moment I did think it was, but then I do, I do remember he comes back. He makes like a quick lap back. Yeah. Yeah. What, what was the purpose of this? I feel like they really did Miranda almost What does it teach us about dating? Oh God. (laughs) <laughs> oh god here's the thing i've have you ever been a miranda in this situation like where there's a guy you're not really that interested in him but you see him with another person and you're like oh i don't like that you're with that other person but i also don't want no. you but i want you 
But I no. only want you to want me. You've never felt that? No. If I don't care what someone's up to, go with God. Wow. Okay, good for you. I have done that, I will say. Like, there has been a man in my life where I loved how much he loved, how much he wanted me. Oh, it's deeply problematic. This was also many years ago. I loved how much he loved This was he wanted- 18 months ago. <laughs> this was last week. Uh, no, I loved how much he loved me and wanted me, but I also was so disgusted by him. But when I found out that he was going to go to prom with another girl, I was horrified and i was like we have to go to prom together absolutely did he drop the girl and go to prom with you he sure did oh my god and he went to prom with me what a little monster both you and miranda are (laughs) no i know that's why i was like listen listen we said when we started this podcast that we would tell personal stories both good bad and ugly one i know i'm a loud mouth (laughs) yeah so like i just remember and like i remember his mom was so upset but i was like like i wanted to go with all my friends. My friends were going with his friends. Him and I had already dated like prior. I was like, we had to go together. And I was disgusted by him the whole time. I mean, yeah. And look, you were in high school. They're in their 30s. Like she, <laughs> but also I just, I'm not 100% sure. And and look, it's every right of a TV show for, to, for them to not have the characters figured out in season one and to ultimately grow them. Mm-hmm. Um, but Skipper and Miranda, this whole storyline just feels like, and Miranda can grow as a character and a human, but it just feels like... It paints her in a very negative way. Looking back on it, it just feels completely superfluous and kind of not the Miranda we really know. That's what, that's what I mean. Like, it... So... She just feels really mean. Like, we've talked about this almost every episode that her, Skipper and her And I'm not together. sure, like, what did Miranda learn from this relationship? Like, usually... Because Miranda doesn't think she's but, wrong. Right, usually when there are the, the boyfriends who are around for a while, they're teaching them some kind of lesson... Yeah, but... ...that they have to then take to the next relationship. Okay, but Skipper like was not a boyfriend. Skipper and then make him Steve. That's so fucked up. Like, I, I think that they think that the same lessons that Miranda was supposed to learn with Skipper, and lessons is a weird thing, right? She doesn't need to learn anything right. from these trash men. <laughs> However, like, there is a certain level of progression in television where characters are meant to change and move on. And certainly on this show, they take different things from each relationship and apply that to the future one for the better or worse. Yeah. Um, in the worst situation from Carrie, of course. With Skipper... Skipper, it feels like the show almost wipes it, like, whatever. This barely ever happened. Yeah. I also feel like it's too early for them to, like, be learning lessons. Like, no one else Carrie's is learning. learning. But, Carrie is but the no main one character. Else, no one, but no one else. But Skipper is, like, a main per. He's a... We've talked about Skipper for, by the way, <laughs> way too long for a character we both hate, hate. don't like. Literally hate. You stand up for Skipper. I'm really I really do. You're like standing. Maybe up I'm in my skipper face. Yeah, like I'm sickened. Like the way I'm you're defending this man. Like I'm appalled. I, in this particular case, I do think I've defended Skippy in the past. You've defended in him too much. In this case, for my I'm liking. actually just trying to interrogate that the fact that I don't think that the show knows what it's doing quite yet, and that this is a waste of a storyline. I don't think Miranda learns anything. I don't think we move anywhere from this storyline. We quick, we quickly forget about it. And then I think they reset her maturation and start again with Steve 
And I can't wait to get to Steve. I can't Even wait. though I don't really care for him either. But we'll get there. I'm sorry I can't. Don't hate me. I hear you. I get it. But you and I both don't love season one. You know what I'm saying? So it's like... No. Like this... So it's tough, guys. It's By tough. The way, I, like, I we're, really, like we're struggling out here. We're the I really trenches. want everyone who's listening to this to re- to know when we get to season three and four and five and six, we are going to be in our bag. Even halfway through season two, I'm good. Like We just have promised that we would do every... Oddly, the dip would not allow us to start at season three. And are we Although slept? we didn't ask. <laughs> Maybe we should have asked. Yeah. That would be silly. Hey, this is a Sex and the City podcast starting at season three. <laughs> um, I just, listen, like I said, season one is a struggle for both of us. I don't think they knew what they were doing. I think... Although there's... I'm starting to like it more, I will say, including this episode, I have no memory of. I feel like you're just having a good time. Like, you, you're not sure what's going on. You're just, I'm you're, vibing, yeah, you're here. As the kids would say. <laughs> you're vibing. I don't know. I just think, like, Miranda's not learning anything. Charlotte's definitely hasn't learned anything. All right. Well, should we get into it? Yes. Char Char? Char Char. Charlie. <laughs> well, Charlotte has met another guy. Who's perfect. He has a Michael Conway. So let's just start. What do you think of Michael Conway? I would fall into the trap of Michael Conway because I'm an All idiot. Right. So she, so they are out at dinner. Well, first, let's describe. He's the perfect guy again. Like we meet the another perfect guy who yeah, has Charlotte's a golden retriever. had about three perfect men already. Yeah, it sounds like me. I always which, say that. in some ways, I do think actually is setting up for her iconic line right in season two. I've been dating since I was, I think, twelve. Where is he? Mm-hmm. She, we, she has now. We're seeing her with men who technically do fit. Like Trey, it sets it up. Well, no, Trey. Yes, but this like, idea these men that they're perfect. Work. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And then, so this guy, he's like cute. He has floppy hair. They're in a park. They run around together. He has a golden retriever that watches them while they have sex. The only problem. What are your thoughts on that? Do the animals get out of the room? Oh, I... I've been thinking about this for a really long time. You're thinking about it longer than I thought you would think about it. I thought you'd be like, fuck no, get those animals I out of here. I think that if you are just hooking up with someone, then yes, get the animal out of the room. Okay. If you get to a place where you're like seeing someone often uh-huh. and become start dating them, and then it's like, look, I'm not pulling the dog out of the room, and then the dog starts bark. Like, I don't need to impress you. Right. You don't need to. Like, yeah. the dog can be there. We can get. We can knock this out quickly. It doesn't need to be sexy anymore. It's just sex. Okay. But at the begin, I don't know. Do you agree? Are you animal out? I says the woman who lives in a um, studio apartment, so animals always in. I've never had a man here. That's true. You've never had sex with Barb in the room. No, never. I did have a friend. We need to talk about your intimacy I have, then. I did have a seriously. I did have a <laughs> friend who. And I have none of those. I who promise. Hooked up with when we lived together. She hooked up with our neighbor, and. My dog was watching. You had a dog? What happened? I was dog sitting. Oh. It's my mom's dog, okay. Winston. Shout out to Winston. You you like Winston. I send you pictures of him. He's a little black. Yeah, little no, our, um, our previous co-host. He was very quiet. <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah, so I was just curious about that because I know people that like, they'll have sex with dogs like on the bed. 
Like big Not dogs. on the bed, but like sometimes you just don't have time to get it out of the room. I don't, okay. Anyways. I move, let's move Anyways. on. So this opens up the four, what do you think of the four ladies talking about it? It's kind of one of those um, well, what are they talking about, scenes Chris? where they're all, it's interesting, usually they're supposed to have like different opinions and this was just the three of them like, bitch, you need to give head. Yeah, so that's what they were talking about because she doesn't like giving it. Yes, but but right. Usually, the show can find four, four different, different points of view. This time, they were like the biggest difference was what do you do when they come. That was the that they all agreed. And they feel that like even most it. of them agreed on that, which is like, hey, if it surprises you, gotta swallow it. And if, oh my god, <laughs> Chris, <laughs> both of our faces. <laughs> The moment that And we're going to leave that palpable pause. <laughs> the moment my eyes are watering. We will never record a podcast this late at night. <laughs> no, literally, the moment that those words like, left your lips. You and I are both so <laughs> Oh my god, my eyes are watering. <laughs> I'm not sure how to move on. I know. Okay, where do we go from here? Okay. <laughs> Okay. Okay. It just really rolled off your tongue. That was that was something. Okay. Okay. Carrie does say, and I did want to ask you this. You know, again, there are some portions of this show that I'm gonna have to ask as a gay man okay. to a heterosexual woman. Okay. Carrie says, "Classic dating ritual: the blowjob tug of war." Is that something that's happening? What the fuck is that? When they're no, making when out and then it, he continually like, is pushing her head down. Oh. Did you, you remember? And they're like on yes. the couch. That has never happened to me. I would I'd lose my goddamn mind. Away. That is so, I'm going to go off for a minute. That is so incredibly disrespectful. And that's like, feels, feels assaulty. I don't. I don't, I'm thinking of like the stories my friends have told me. I don't think that that's ever happened to my friends. Now, with that said, when you do make your way downtown, sometimes a trash man will like hold your head there. And that I don't love. I don't want you touching my head. I don't want you forcing my head near your dick. I don't want it. I don't want any of it. So the fact that we're even entertaining this, the fact that this is like a tug of war and this is like a a normal thing i'm like is this what happened in the 90s so can i just ask a question then yeah is the only way that oral sex would happen in your experience that you have to initiate it yes okay i'm thinking and i'm like i don't ever remember a time a guy like asked me or Or like like, was moving you down there maneuvering my face towards his penis because that's really what he was up to he was like trying to like Oh, we're kissing up here. Get to my neck. And then he just like was like, get get down. But this, I feel like, remember earlier when I said, I was like, I feel like this episode, there were so many times where I was like, I had like flash, almost like a flash forward moment to like. Well, this storyline obviously is very close to where we're ultimately going to get with Samantha. Going. Well, no, with uh, uh, Trey and Charlotte. Like there's a time where they're like taking things slow in their relationship and he wants her to love him oh i have i don't remember that and that i was like oh we're doing this again okay i guess this is like a common theme well it's cyclical, but yeah it's you just know. disgusting i would never fucking talk to him again if like he did that to me shout out to my mom and dad but my li- the listeners yeah hi you know your daughter has standards 
Yes, she does. Yeah. She only gives head when she wants to. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And this is shortcomings, guys, after dark. After? <laughs> this is shortcomings after dark. It really is. I'm feeling real. I'm feeling good. I, I'm still reeling from what happened earlier. I... Not recovered. Um, so we need to get out of <laughs> this storyline. Yeah, so, let's get into Carrie. So, no, 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 no. We have to oh. finish. So Charlotte says, no thank you. He goes on quite the monologue. Well, I plan on getting a lot of blowjobs in the future. And I'm hoping that you're around when I get them. What's that supposed to mean? It means I'll have to find them somewhere else. You're telling me that you would give up a woman who really cares for you, who would share your hopes and your fears and your dreams, the future possible mother of your children, all for a blowjob? You're right. Will you at least lick my balls? Goodbye, Michael. What'd you think of that sentiment? I agreed with him. Romantic. I feel like, you know... I feel like he's allowed to ask. Don't force my head, but you're allowed to ask. But also, I think that is a pretty... Okay, look, is it an insane statement to make? It's an insane thing, but it's fair. However, it kind of reminds me of the Capote-Duncan thing of just being truthful... Of like, look, I'm gonna need this, and you can get on board and do it, or not. And then he does give her a kind of a middle ground. He says, can you at least lick my balls? Which, frankly, Charlotte has made this a thing about her gag reflex, and that wouldn't be a problem there. I'm just saying. Yeah. Thoughts? Comments? Concerns? Gross. Thoughts? (laughs) Lots of concerns. Um, I don't know. It's, I think they're really play. I don't think Charlotte even really feels this way. I, I mean, I get what they're trying to do. I think they're just trying to make her be in this box of like, I'm a wasp and like, I. And are we to believe that Charlotte's never given blowies later? She definitely does. I don't think, I'm like, is Harry not a satisfied man? Anything Charlotte does, Harry's happy with. Let's be very clear. That's true. He's 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 the. I, I can't wait to get to, get to Harry. He's best. really we'll really shine there, guys. Just stay with us. However, do you remember Sam? Many many weeks oh, ago, okay. I said to you that there was a cut storyline that Kristen Davis and the writers said was too disgusting to be on TV. Okay. So in the original script for this episode, and they actually no, they also filmed it. Charlotte walks back in, and the Golden Retriever is servicing him. <gasps> oh. That's why the Golden Retriever is always framed as being in scene, is that it's supposed to pay off later. And while Carrie's final line is about them being in a, back to a their monogamous relationship, Charlotte was supposed to walk back in and see that. Thoughts? Comments? Concerns? I mean, that whole thing now makes so much more sense. Like, where they were trying to go with the whole dog thing. Like, I, because yes. I was like, the dog now, the dog doesn't make any sense. Like, they sense. never like, talked about, about it. Like, it. they oh. never, it was never even an issue. It was never like, this dog is watching us fuck. It was just like, he's there. Yes. And it makes now more sense why the dog is constantly framed in every moment near his dick, always. Yes. Yeah. Are you disgusted? Absolutely. Sickened. But they decided to cut it. They said, even for us, this is too much. They're like, we're drawing the line here. Maybe later seasons that could have come out. But first season, that's a little too much. 
So let's get into Carrie. Let's. Oh God, Carrie. So the episode's opens with Carrie and Big and she notes that um, they are in this city full of people but it only feels like two and again they're walking like heterosexual nightmares (laughs) making out in the street making out in the street I love a PDA so I can't even be upset I'm one of those people Nanda to put your masks on (laughs) well you know I've been basically well, no, I was dating someone, but like we never went anywhere really. So after that, there's a very George Lucas um, po- 1990s, early 2000s PowerPoint transition of a heart into. <laughs> Did you notice this? No. The screen turns red for a moment, and then the red turns into a heart, and then goes in. It's very like you PowerPoint transition when you were in like middle school. Yeah. I was shocked that the show did that. I didn't even notice it. Again, it was the whole episode was kind of a fever dream for me. Oh, and I watched it like 12 times. Um, but Miranda calls Carrie and we find she's been neglecting her friendships. And I thought this was one of perhaps the most relatable scenes certainly we've seen so far. Yes. But also I think just like overall, we're getting that idea that Miranda's the it is the brain. She's calling Carrie and like, <laughs> bitch, you need to get back to yourself. Yeah, and I also want to say I think Carrie looked beautiful in this scene, like where she like is in like, her towel, in her towel, and she's got like her dewy skin with. It. She's always got these really beautiful like pink cheeks. I just love her, and I just think she looked really pretty. She but did look great there. Way better than episode one. Remember that D- those dark days. Ooh, episode Ooh, one. That was, that was a tough. Guys, that don't go a, back and listen to that. Yeah, remember when the reviews was like. Her face was thrusting towards And by the way, when we earlier in the episode was like, we really don't like her face. Yeah. (laughs) That was tough. That was tough. But you know, we're just honest. We're changing. Um, Um, But I do like it when she starts. No, I thought it was so relatable. Yeah. And when she starts talking about their relationship a bit too much. And then there's this whole moment where she is like, oh, yeah, well, Big and I might have plans later. You know what? I don't think that I have been hit this hard since... Now, you know what? I'm not going to compare it to anything else because everything else has always ended. So will I actually get to see you sometime? Yeah, absolutely. How about tonight? Yeah, tonight will work. All right, so I'll call Charlotte and Samantha and see if they're free because Big's got this dinner thing, so, you know, we didn't have any plans anyway. And I'll probably... God, would you listen to yourself? Yeah, I know. I've become one of those women we hate. Yes, you have. I can't talk now. I'll call you later, okay? All right, bye. She could only hang out with her friends moving forward when he clearly... Uh, like if he's doing something, which is really relatable. I think a lot of people find themselves in that situation. Even if you're honest, even, even though, like, when you don't not... want to be that person, sometimes you end Absolutely. up being that person for a moment. It, I mean, hopefully you're not that person all the time, but it happens to us. One thing I thought was really interesting is she says like, I don't want to, I don't want to compare it to anything in the past because everything in the past like ends. She used mm-hmm. some, she uses language around there. And, we never have a real sense of what Carrie's dating life was like before Big. Nope. I mean, we will get, you know, a story about her going to the tunnel later and um, a decision that needed to be made TGI that shouldn't Fridays. be political. Um, yes, it was not a TJ Fridays. It was the saloon. But I would really be interested in understand having a better understanding of what Carrie's dating life was before Big mm-hmm. to add some context. We know she hasn't been 
we can assume she hasn't been in love right. before, given the pilot. However, we are to understand that she's had some kind of serious heartbreak. Yes, and uh, we know that she's never, like, felt this way about anybody before. Like, she's completely... She wants to shout his name from the rooftops. She's obsessed with this man. And she's obsessed with, like, how he makes her feel so special. Like, you should be so lucky to be with me. And it's also this, like, I don't know. It's uh, very relatable, I think. I think it's a very relatable thing. She also says, I oh, my God, I've become one of those women we hate. Which, like, I love this show. I love it so much. But it is obsessed with creating, like... Divisions. This is who we are. Mm-hmm. And then there are these other women, mm-hmm. right? Like, there's the certain level that's, like, single women versus married, married women. people. Yeah. But then there's a lot of language, you know, around, well, in a classic episode, Happy Birthday, Robert Redford, um, the Katie girls. Versus the, there's the curly-haired girls. The curly-haired girls versus the Katie girls. C-c-c-curly. Yeah. There's a certain obsession with, um... Comparison. Pitting women against each other, which, look... We're all guilty of it on some level. It's true. Yeah. And we've heard that language before. It happens all the time. Mm -hmm. However, it doesn't feel... It doesn't feel as great, like, watching back to it that already in the first episode, she's saying, like, oh, my God, I've become one of those women we we hate. Yeah. It's like this, like... it. Yeah, no, it's it's not great. It doesn't feel good. However, it is honest. Very honest. Like, we've all been there. Like, we've... All of us. So then they go out to dinner. They're having a great time. They drink way She's too much, apparently. She's in a horrible blue look. You didn't like that? I thought I she looked, You know who I thought looked crazy, it. but also kind of great? <laughs> um, Samantha's Samantha? wearing a purple dress that has fringe Fring- on her, like, what would you call this? Like, her breast line? Or her eight? Like, Yeah. Like, on her breath. It's it was on like her breasts. Tassels. Mm-hmm. Like, the tassels that would be at the end of a bookmark. Okay, yeah, those are just flipping, those are just flipping tassels. <laughs> but um, Samantha sees Big and says, isn't that Big? And Carrie goes, she's so confident. She's so like, I got this. Even though she can see it's obviously confident. a woman. What'd you think? Chris. I would feel... Some type of way. By the way, this is how care. This is how Big meets her friends. You know, she's been obsessed with. Is that, that terrible? He, she's like, oh, my friends are here, and they like wave. You're obsessed with this man again. This plays for me. It plays back to when she has them meet Alexander Petrovsky, and it's like this weird moment where she's building him up, and then he meets her friends, and it's like this like weird like, oh hey, like I'm on a date with another girl. And she's like, I thought you had a business thing. And he says, no, I said I had a dinner thing. Again, their lack of... Also... Their lack of language. I wouldn't have approached him. He, But he is very upfront, I will say. He is, but I would never have approached and him And she is dinner. clearly upset. I will say they're at their most, like, honest. She's living. He is very upfront, and she is saying... And she does not hide the fact that she's angry. Yes, she doesn't outright yeah. say, like, oh my god, you, I can't believe you're, like, doing this to me. But she's pretty much like, yeah, buddy, like, fuck you, I'm leaving. Yeah, she's disgusted. And storms away. And this poor girl's just, like, standing there like, hey. Yeah, and then she says, oh, well, she's stunning. I was stunned. Mm-hmm. And then she storms away, so upset. And she heads to drinks with our favorite, Stanny. Mm-hmm. Stanny. And they meet Jared. 
We have our first Justin Throw appearance. He's with us. Yeah, not the last. What'd you think of Jared? I thought he was fine. Like, he didn't, I, I don't know. I, he told her that he loved her within, like, minutes of knowing her. I think that the show really works overtime to make Jared different than Big. I mean... Like, very upfront with his feelings. But he's very, also, his styling is nuts. <laughs> and he's very, like, affectionate, and he's very upfront with... And, like, not saying Big isn't, but he's just very different. He's the polar opposite But he's, like, he has read her column. His costuming is bananas and what they've got him in. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. And his language is a bit weird. He's like, hey, groovy, babe, I'll see you there, chow. I'm like, what the fuck's going on with this guy, Jared? <laughs> chow. I would vomit. He's a mess, but... um, A mess. Big calls her, and they have a... One of... Again, we talked about this the last episode when they first sleep together... I, one of the things that I think Sex and the City is doing so well is creating these tightrope conversations. They're on the phone. She can't figure out. She even mentions, like, I have to make sure to use the right tone. Mm-hmm. And he's being very coy, but then ultimately does give her enough to reel her in, right, when he says, I miss you, baby. Mm-hmm. He's is, breadcrumbing her. Yeah, absolutely. And she's eating it up. But because but yet she he, knows that this isn't a good thing for her. Like, it's very stressful to watch. But then she says, I couldn't ask questions to Big. So she asked them to Miranda. And let's, we hear a truly amazing rant. Well, no, because that would mean that everything that he ever said that I interpreted as sincere is subject to interpretation. In that case, what I perceive as his feelings for me may only really be reflected projections of my feelings for him. What? Oh, God, I'm freaking. i got to stop. i got to stop. What? Yet, I, I, I don't understand it, but I feel like I've felt that way before. <laughs> I mean, I get it. Like, logistically, if you just break it down sentence by sentence, yeah. it is... So perfect. It's wild. But we've all felt these feelings. Like, I've felt that way a million times. Because I'm like, if I read into this one thing, does that mean that everything else is, like, this way? And then I've been interpreting it as something else? Like, And I love that she has the forethought to say, well, no, I can't do that. Because I want to cling to these good things. Yeah. And Miranda's like, what the fuck are you talking about? But they go to uh, one of Big's friends' um, ha- parties, Max. Do you know who Max is? Did you recognize that actor? Oh my god, I did. Where is he from? Where is he from? Hang on. Uh, he's. I've seen him in a lot of things, I feel like. He will come back to us actually on this very show. He's the photographer. Yes. Okay. Yeah. He's so much. I thought he was so much hotter here. Really? I thought he was cute with his little I mustache he was cute. and dark. They, like, dye his hair blonde, and I'm not really into blondes. I mean, other than Robert Redford and the way we were. Yeah. But they run into many people at that party, um, including Melissa, who kisses <gasps> Big directly on the lips in front of Carrie. Oh, What a power God. move. Melissa's what a powerful a bitch. power move. First of all, what I've the never fuck? kissed a man like that. I would not kiss, the, if I'm not married, but if I was married, I wouldn't kiss, like, my husband. The, the lips, she was like, I'm going to be on screen for 45 seconds and I'm going to make my presence fucking known. 
And then she was Melissa like, do you was... have my passport? I was like... <laughs> Uh, don't you feel like they're playing big, almost like Richard Wright here? Like he's yes. this, like he's this, like, he's I a mean, boy. big is, are we, I I guess I would never think of big later season big has ever, having traveled with a woman internationally and like had her passport. That's crazy. Also, bitch, how'd you get back in the country? Well, she might have left it as a, at his apartment. Maybe She's went a back mess. There. She is a mess. I love but her. But power moves. Queen. Power moves. And Carrie is like standing there, just like, what is happening? And she right compliments now? Carrie's like um, column, and then instantly is like, I like your column. So she's so powerful. So powerful. I'm terrified of her. I'm terrified of I her. I would hate her in real life because I'm just, I respect her. And then that Max mistakes Carrie for Julia. Oh my God. I mean, the hits keep coming for Carrie at this party. I know. And then he looks at Carrie and he goes, You're going to have a lot of. Uh, what was it? Content or? Oh yeah, she writes a column called "Sex in the City." Oh, you're gonna have a lot of content with this guy. Yeah, and she's like, "What the fuck?" But it's true. She does. She makes a huge career out of it. That's true. Big ass thirty years of but content. Big also looks kind of embarrassed. He looks embarrassed, and honestly, if you, I, I found Chris Noth's performance here to be boyish in a way he never is later. Right, I agree. Like, he's a little less powerful and in control, and maybe it's because Carrie has entered his world and he doesn't know how to manage these people, but it was just a very different side of him. Yeah, I agree. I'm still very attracted to him, but... I I know you are. (laughs) I know. But he does ask directly, what do you want from me? And rather than answer truthfully, she says nothing, like she doesn't want anything from him. And she leaves and heads to the party with uh, Stanny and Jared. Jared. I love the dress she's in. The oh the silver it's like, a like silvery lo- blue long and it's longer. Dress. Yeah. And I think it has like an open She's back. not wearing the ratty coat. Thank God the weather seems warmer. And she and Jared are flirting. Heavily. And she says he uh, he asks outright, do you Oh, I will say earlier when she and Jared are flirting, he says you would be one of the most beautiful. If they listed the most beautiful women under 30, you'd absolutely be one. And Carrie just takes that even though she's not under 30, which God bless. Yeah, I would be like, thank you. Um, But they're chatting and she says, I have to make a call. What did you think of her basically using Jared to his face as bartering to big? Very rude. Very dizzy. Very. It worked. So she asserts she's her power. She's playing a game too. That's true. She She's like, I'm a hot fucking writer and I have this man. He's all over me and he's going to like, I'm going to have you talk to him. Jared in his uh, character is very similar to his later character, Vaughn. They're both fiction, right? It's just interesting that he can't just be, again, why can't he just be Jared later? I don't know. It just, so we, I don't know what they're we thinking. hire the same actor have him be a fiction writer, and he can't just... Why not just name him Jared, and then say he's grown a bit, and now I'm meeting his family. Creating continuity, a world that we live in. You would love that. Instead, they're just like, you know what, fuck it, we like Justin Throw. give him a new name, DVDs don't exist. Yeah, Although like, I think they do at this point. This. No. No one's having DVDs of Sex and the City yet. That's not a thing that happens. Everyone's like, 
this is going to air one time. And no one's ever going to no see, see it again. See it again. And, now here and there we are will never be a thing called the internet, even though the internet already exists. And shortcomings, that, what is that? No That one, podcast? That. No. There'll never be two bitches talking about this at 9, 11 p.m. at night. Oh, you could have picked a different time. So Big comes and meets her at 3 a.m. I thought of you instantly because I don't think you would ever be awake at 3 a.m. meeting a man. That was my first thought. And I was like, at the fact that a man like Big is out walking a fucking park until 3 a.m. looking for her dizzy ass, I was like, he loves her. But it's normal to be awake that late in New York. By the way, he's awake in his apartment at 2 a.m. Because he just got home from that party. I know. And I'm like, how is he not tired? Like, I would be like, I'm asleep, bitch. Call me tomorrow morning. (laughs) And he's like, well, he says, Carrie, get over here. But she asserts her power and says, no, you come to me. And he Which is good. Um, and they have another classic big carry conversation. Where they're is- miscommun like they're not communicating and they're both saying the same thing, but they're but or no, they're saying different things, but they're meaning the same thing. That's how I feel every time with them. Like they're 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 just like missing each other. Like and it's so frustrating to watch. Okay. I'm here. Now what's going on? I've done the merry-go-round. I've been through the revolving door. I feel like I met somebody I can stand still with for a minute, and... Don't you want to stand still with me? You dragged me out to a park at three in the morning to ask me if I want to stand still with you? Yes. Rather than ask him to be monogamous, she has her whole monologue about standing with her, which is not the same thing. With a man like Big, you can't speak in, like, poetry terms. And instead, ever the writer, right? She speaks in this metaphor. But ever the trash man, he, instead of, like... Financial guy. He's, like, Rather than, like, listening and interpreting the metaphor, he just decides, oh, I'll stand next to her. Yeah. Because he's, like, she's asking him to stand still. Yeah, but I think it's, like, very... It's their relationship in a nutshell. Like, and I also she's... think, but as an audience, we're meant to think they're like, they're monogamous. I'm like, that is not the conversation No, that just happened. No, they're standing in a park together at 3 a.m. I'd fall asleep yeah. in his arms. And that's the episode. That's it. So what'd you think of the fashion? I mean, I think we both loved the silver dress. I thought the blue dress at dinner was cute. And she had a great purse with it. I think I just think that color is really harsh on her. True, but she wears I think she wears that like electric blue color a fair amount. I know. We'll have to track it. Yeah, it's the it was like the makeup hair combo with that color just felt very harsh. And uh, Samantha looked amazing in that red dress in the final scene with the realtor. Yeah. She Those were like great. my big fashion things. She I don't remember. Amazing. I don't think our athleisure queen really gave us anything. She didn't this episode. Nor did she Charlotte. Didn't. She didn't really wear her glasses. No, there was none of that. None of your faves. No. Um, so the men, like, who are you feeling? Well, we had Michael Conway. We had Jared. We had Max. We had Rick Conley. Mm-hmm. And then we had the return of Big Stanford and Skipper. Mm-hmm. You know, I am going to tonight fuck Skipper. I'm sick. He stood up for himself. He honored himself. He loved himself. He chose chaos when he went when he cheated on Mar- when he 
left his girlfriend for Miranda. Bad mistake there, Skippy. But then he, you know, he instantly found the right side of history. So I'm proud of him. And um, it's the only time he's ever going to get this award. So I would like to fuck Skipper. Okay. How about you? Uh, the realtor. Max. Is it Max? No, that's Michael Conway, yeah. I think. Yeah, so Rick. Or Rick. Is it? Or any of these men. I don't know, guys. It's very late. It's I, it is. It's Rick. It's Rick Conley. Okay. Michael Rick Conley's the, the blowjob guy. I don't know who Max is. Wasn't Max the guy at the party? I don't even know what party we could be talking. Party. Yes, Max is the guy from the party who'll <laughs> later be the photographer. Yeah, the party we were just at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was a fun. I had a great time. It's the best party I've been to since since 2019. It was like there was a lot of messy layers to that. I really enjoyed. Um, no, I definitely liked the realtor. I thought he was really sexy. I thought he was like hunky and like big and masculine. He reminded me of the firefighter that she ends up sleeping with in the later episode. Oh God, he was. N- oh, disgusting. All right, well, disgusting. So we'll get. But to his that, body but, um... reminded me of that man's body. And I like that he had, like, All a right. really, like, baggy, like, button-down shirt. Absolute trash, but I enjoyed him. His accent was wild. Listen, it's a moment. Do you have any hot takes on this one? Any hot takes? No. It was just kind of an episode. Like, I, it was just kind of there for me, you know? My only oh, hot boy. take would be this. Only to turn against my sister, my sister's soul sister, Charlotte. Baby girl, you gotta give head. Grow up. Grow up. As the famous rap song said, put it in your mouth. You've got to. (laughs) I'm sick over you tonight. I'm sorry I can't. Don't hate me. Grow up. Char-char. Get on your knees, baby. So Sam, what are you uh, rating this episode out of 10? A four. You know, I'm going to say that I really enjoyed watching this episode, but the amount of times I had mm. to watch it to simply remember you what happened. You didn't even remember who proof- Max was. You were like, what party did we go to? Like, and we, we just literally talked just about talked about it. about it. There's something about this episode that, guys, does not land. No. So I've got to give it a two. Oh. Yeah, you know, I'm going to give it a three, actually. It just keeps going to keep going down. I just, yeah. I enjoyed it because it's Sex in the City and I'll enjoy any episode, but this is like, oh, this was a toughie. And there was some fun stuff in there, but at the end of the day, if I can't simply remember where we are from start to finish. No, it's just not it. What are we I doing? I know, you and yeah. I were like not even referring to people by their names. We were just like that one guy that we met at that, that place. guy who might have been at a party that time. Yeah. <laughs> was like, I was like that However, again, realtor? I think we've talked about this for 98 minutes. Exactly. So, honestly, that's a testament to us. <laughs> and certainly not a testament to this episode. Correct. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you'll join us again next week for our recap of Season 1, Episode 8, Three's a Crowd. I genuinely have no idea what happens in that episode. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review Shortcomings wherever you listen to podcasts. And check out the other podcasts from The Dip. TV Watch Repeat, Pop Chaser, Slut Pig Podcast, But Now We Said It, and of course Hot Off the Mess with Sam Bush. And follow us online. You can find me at C. Lewis twelve nineteen on Instagram. Sam, where are you? I am obviously at Bravo Historian on Instagram. I'm at Tinker's Loft on Twitter. I'm just around. Yeah, always being busy. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you next week. See ya. Bye. bye.
coach. Hey, girlfriend, it's Carol from Jury Duty. We never actually spoke, but I saw you ordered the same hoagie as me at lunch. What are the chances? Anywho, I heard you just got a boat. We should totally grab some hoagies and take it out for a spin. When you get a boat, you also get new friends. Make sure Progressive's one of them and get coverage today for as little as $100 a year. Do I want to feel the wind in my hair? Guilty as charged. <laughs> oh, seriously, let's ride on your boat. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. At Progressive, we know there's nothing like the feeling of riding a motorcycle with your crew on the open road. That symphony of engines roaring in perfect harmony. It's a feeling that would be impossible to recreate on the radio. Until now. Hit it, Jerry. Oh, my word. Really, really terrible. Is that a glockenspiel, Jerry? Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Uh, no, no, Jerry. It's over.